Mem Daf Tet Aleph and Bet and Daf Yud Omad Aleph. Counter religiosity to Avashelotidor. Making a neder, making an undertaking using the wording, the, 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 the formula of a neder, of an oath, is incredibly serious and it makes that undertaking uh, as obligatory as a mitzvah of the Torah. And transgressing the neder is as serious as transgressing one of the mitzvot Torah, one of the Torah laws. Uh, and yet we do have the power to make that neder, to create that kind of obligation upon ourselves. There is, though, quite a lot of confusion almost, a certain paradox, both in Tanakh and in the Gemara, about the appropriateness of making the Nidarim. On the one hand, we've been given this vehicle, we've been given this ability uh, to, to make Nidarim and Shavuot and to make ourselves and Nizirim. Uh, these are all parts of the areas of, of Nidarim. And on the other hand, there seems to be some level of discouragement of doing so. Uh, so if we go through the relevant psukim, in, in Kohelet, we've got Shlomo Melech telling us to be careful to pay. If you make a neder, make sure to pay it up. But it's better that you don't make a neder at all, rather than run the risk that you might make a, a neder, you might make an undertaking, an oath, and not fulfill it. Um, and then we've got in, in Parashas Nasor, the, the, the parasha of the, of the Nazir, and the word, if a person does this wondrous thing of making himself a Nazir, that seems to be very positive in terms of the obligation of Nazirut, of becoming a Nazirite, which is in itself a neder, of course. And then we've got the case in, in Parashat Vayetze, where Vayida Yaakov where Yaakov, after the dream with the ladder, makes a neder, he makes an undertaking to Hashem. And we've got David HaMelech in Tehillim, talking about the fact that he would make nederim for Hashem. And then we have in also in Parashat Nasor, that after a Nazir has completed his term of Nazirut, and he brings two bird offerings, one is a chatat, one is an olah. One is a sin offering. And he actually, the Kohen has to um, atone him for him, for the sin that he committed. And we'll see in a moment what that sin is. So there's quite a lot of, of uh, diametrically opposed sensitivity to whether or not one should use this vehicle of Nadarim. Um Let's get now to our Mishnah on Perik Tet, where if a person says, I'm making a neder like Rishaim do, like wicked people do, um, then that's a valid neder. If he says, I'm making a neder like Shirim, like great people do, like, like from people, religious people do, it's not one, it's not counted at all. And the reason is because uh, Rishaim, and it only means, as the Ran explains, it doesn't mean wicked people altogether. We're not talking about that. We're talking about people who are not meticulous about the laws of Nidarim. Uh, and, and they make Nidarim perhaps when they shouldn't. So if you say, I will make a Nidarim like these people who flippant about their Nidarim, then your Nidarim counts because Rishaim do make Nidarim. But if you say, I'm going to make a Nidarim like religious people, like fine people, like, like great people, it's not a Nidarim. It's not an oath because great people don't make oaths. So here we see an indication of negativity towards the making of an oath. But if you say kenid votam, if you make a nedava, a voluntary obligation, as the kasherim do, as as religious people do, then and then it works. Then it's a good thing because the re religious and fine people do make a nedava. The difference between a neder and a nedava is a neder is an undertaking that I will bring an animal as a korban, or I will give this to the Beit HaMikdash, or I will give a certain amount of money to Tzedakah. That's a neder. 
And the dava is immediately attaching the commitment to the object. This animal will become a korban. Um, this money is set aside for tzedakah. So that, that's an adava, and that's something that kasherim, the kosher people do. And therefore, if one says, I'm going to make this as a, a the way an adava like the kasherim, then it certainly works. The Gemara then goes on to discuss who is it that makes this differentiation between a neder and a adava, an oath and a voluntary obligation. And uh, in so doing it, he investigates the two different views of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda, where we have um, Rabbi Meir actually interpreting the, the verses in, uh, that, that we had in the beginning from Kohelet as tov mizeh mizeh noder kolikar. It's better that he doesn't make a neder at all. That's the best, is not to get involved with nedarim. And so as the run explains, he reads those two psukim in the way where the second verse is a continuation of the first one. If you make a neder, pay for it. But even if you're going to pay your neder, even if you're going to fulfill it, it would have been better not to make a neder at all. Because you should be worried that you might make the neder, you might make the oath and not fulfill it, and the risk is just too great. Rabbi Huda says, no, the greatest thing is to, to make a neder and fulfill it. Yes, there's a risk in it, and if you're worried about the risk, you shouldn't make a neder. But if you make a neder and you fulfill the neder, that's the highest of them all. But note to Rabbi Meir, whose view is best is not to make a neder at all. On the next page, page we have the, um, the famous story of Shimon HaTzadik, who was a Kohen in the time of the Beis HaMikdash, and he says he would never eat of the Korban Hashem of a Nazir. After a Nazir has to bring a, uh, after his Nazir period, he has to bring a Korban Hashem. And he says, I never, I never ate as, as part of that. Sorry, it's a Korban Hashem for a Nazir who had to break his period of Nazirut because he came into contact with, say, a dead body, he became Tameh, brings a Korban Hashem and starts counting again. And he says, I never took part in those korbanot. And, and there's a suggestion that, that obviously he didn't even have any part in the korban chatat that a, a nazir would have to bring a sin offering that he would have to bring either. He just didn't want to be involved in that until he found a young man who came from uh, the south uh, and, and he was a nazir and he was beautiful. He had long curly hair and he it was magnificent and charismatic, had amazing eyes and he's now coming to, the, to, to have to cut his hair because he's been a Nazir. And Shimon Tzadik says to him, why have you done this? What brought you to destroy the, this beautiful hair that you have? And he tells the story that he was a shepherd in his father's village and he went to fill, fill water at the well. Uh, and I noticed my reflection in those days. They didn't have mirrors all over the place. And so he had never seen a, a reflection of himself. And when he did, he was so shocked by his beauty uh, and, and by his charisma and his handsomeness uh, that he realized this could cause him damage. Um, and I, uh, my Yetzir Hara was trying to destroy me. I became so self-centered and egoistic and proud at that moment. And I said to my Yetzir Hara, Rasha, you wicked being, what are you getting arrogant about? This is not your world. And ultimately you're going to die in any case. So I'm going to uh, shave off my, my hair 
לשם שמיים in an act of נזירות, מיד עמדתי ונשכתיב על ראשו, ששמעון הצדיק, הקיסטים על איזה הד, אמרתי לו, בני כמוך ירבו נוזרי נזירות בישראל, may they be נזירים such as you. If נזירים were like you, I would participate in their קורבנות, because your action was completely without ego, in fact it was anti-egoistic. But other people who make themselves נזירים, there's always a touch of ego, a sense of Of religious pride I can't have wine you know I'm a Nazir at the moment uh, just a sense of, of one-upmanship that a Nazir has deep down sometimes maybe deep down in his psyche a sense of arrogance and pride and that to me says Shimon Atzadik destroys the whole value of Nazirut but you're the kind of person about who it is said Hashem, a person who does this wondrous thing to become a, a Nazir And then on Daf Yud Amud Aleph, we've got the Gemara talking about Rabbi Yehuda saying, the Hasidim Arishonim, the early Hasidim, wanted to bring a Korban Chatat. It was one Korban they couldn't bring, a sin offering, because Hashem doesn't bring sin by them. They don't, they don't sin. So what did they do? They would um, be, dedicate themselves to Nazirut. They would become a Nazir. And because they were Nazirim, they would have to bring a Korban Chatat. And then Rabbi Shimon says, no, that's, that's not correct. Nobody does that, because... In Nazirut, there is a need for kapara, there's a need for atonement, implying that you're doing something wrong. And the Gemara goes on to reason, what is it that has that is, that is been done? What sin has this person, this Nazir, done? All he did was for 30 days, he added an isur onto the laws of the Torah. He added an extra prohibition. He prohibited wine upon himself. This person who by vow restricted himself from the use of wine is called a sinner. If a person introduces a restriction, an additional restriction on himself to, to remove himself from, from some area of enjoyment and engagement with life which the Torah allows, how much more so is that considered an act of chet, an act of sin? From here we see that if one takes fasts upon oneself when these fasts are not required, that is called sinning. Asks Tosfus in Chulin Daf Beis, in that case, why did Yaakov make a neder? If we're hearing that it's something we should avoid doing, and best is not to take a neder at all, why did Yaakov take the risk of making a neder after the, the dream with the, uh, the, 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 the dream with the, with the ladder? Answers Tosfus, it's permitted to make a neder when you're in trouble, when things are, are desperate and you want to do something more. It's okay to make a neder. And that comes from the Medrash Rabbah. And Tosfut quotes the Medrash Rabbah, why does it say, Ayida Yaakov neder lemor? Yaakov made a neder saying, to tell the generations to come that they are allowed to, uh, or they should make nederim during a time of, of suffering. The actual wording in the Medrash is a little bit different, one word different. It says, So that they can bring a, make an edder when they are in trouble. So the difference between the wording in the Tosfot, who might have had a slightly different girsa, a different version in their Medrash, the way Tosfot words it, it seems that Yaakov was teaching future generations that they ought to make an edder. when they're in trouble, whereas the Medrash, as we have it, is they may make an edder. Although normally we're not allowed to make an edder, Yaakov came to teach us that when you're in trouble, you're desperate, you want to do something extra, it's okay to make an edder. 
The Shulchan Aruch in Simon Reish Gimel, which is a long simon that goes through all the things one should avoid doing with respect to the Darim, does have one short seif, one short paragraph in seif. Hey, be'et tzara mutar lindor. It's okay to make a neder when things are, are, are tight, when things are when you're in trouble. And the Be'er HaGoyla, again, you remember that's the Vilna Gorn's great-grandfather who, who associates every halacha and the Shulchan Aruch with the source. And he brings the source is that Tosfut we learned in Chulin based on the Medrash and Breshis Rabbah. And he says that the Smag, written by Reb Moshe ben Yaakov Mikotzi, Reb Moshe Mikotzi was one of the great Ba'alei Tosfut of the 13th century, and he wrote Sefer Mitzvot Gadol. Mitzvot Gadol. He goes through all the mitzvot of the Torah, and that's called the Smag. And there too, he talks about, based on this medrash, that in times of difficulty, one should make an edir. Asks the Torah to Mima on the Shulchan Aruch, why does the Shulchan Aruch say, Be'etzara mutar lindor? Doesn't it appear from Tosvot um, and from the medrash that, that you're supposed to, not that you may make it, to tell us that, um, as, as the Smag also says, that when you're in difficulty and times are, are rough, you should make an edir. Why does the Shulchan Aruch say, Mutar Lindor, it's permitted to make an edir? And it's because of that question of the Torah Tamima that the Vilna Gaon, in order to avoid that question, cites only the Medrash. He only cites the Medrash Rabbah, he does not cite Tosvis, and he does not cite the Sefer Mitzvah Gedolos, the Smag. And I believe the reason is because Tosvis and the Smag seem to suggest from the wording in the Medrash that, on the wording in the Medrash as they had it, that you should make a nether, that when things are tight, you should undertake, you should make that kind of undertaking. Uh, whereas if we look at our wording in the Medrash, it says, Yaakov wanted to inform us that it's permissible. You may make a nether in time of difficulty, but not that you have to make a nether in a, in a time of difficulty. And that's what the Vilna Gaon uh, points out as the only source for this halakha, being the Medrash as we have the Medrash, the wording that we have, in, in the Medrash. And here again, we just see how careful we have to be with, with words. And uh, very often p- people will flippantly say things like, on my life, or I promise, or I swear. And, and children say that, kids say, we have to stop them. It's, it's a very dangerous thing to do, to, to use those words and then create these heavy commitments. And you see how far Chazal go to try and avoid them, no matter how great it is to be a Nazir and how great it is sometimes to make these Nadarim. Only in very specific circumstances is it permitted, is it allowed. And that, and that the time to do it is if one were sure that one were able to do it with all one's heart and with no ego in, in it, with no sense of self in it at all, 100% L'Shem Shemayim, as is the case of, uh, of Shimon HaTzadik with the young man that he encountered. And Rabbi Ruchim, who was Talmud of, of, uh, of the Altaf and Slabo, of Altaf and Kalm, Rabbi Simcha Zissel, who in turn was the Talmud of uh, says it's amazing to see that the Torah regards the human being as being capable of doing something with no self-interest at all. We often talk about make sure that a person understands what's in it for them because people don't do it unless they know what's in it for them. And that's true in most cases, but the human being is capable of transcending that self-interest totally, absolutely to the point where the individual is capable of doing something completely selflessly, like this young man who became a Nazir. And when one takes a Neder, or one takes Nazirut, and it's completely selfless, then it's admirable. But if there's any self-aggrandizement involved, that destroys the value of the Neder, and in fact introduces a lot of negativity into the Neder as well. And that really typifies the Lithuanian approach of 
trying to avoid anything that that is is an exterior an external ex, an external manifestation of religiosity if it's not required by halakha not to do that uh, because the, the risk is that ego gets mixed in with the religiosity and it's bad enough when ego is involved in anything it's our life's work to try and remove ego to try and escape the clutches of the ego it's such hard work in every situation in which we find ourselves but when ego mixes into religiosity when ego mixes into our our frumkeit our yiddishkeit our mitzvahs then not only is it bad in and of itself but it also poisons the value of the mitzvah and we have to work so hard to do it so uh, it, the lithuanian derech has always been when there's a risk of self-aggrandizement if it's not absolutely required by halakha, don't do it. Don't risk the, the uh, self-aggrandizement, which is something that the Torah so despises, especially in the world, in the area of Torah and mitzvot. And the same applies. It's something that we can use in our day-to-day life, just to be aware of it. And, and just to be aware of that inner place from which we come in, the decisions we make, in the actions we, we take, in the words we use. Who's at the center of the story? Is this about me? Or is this about it's the right thing to do? And can we attach ourselves to the right thing to do rather than make the whole story about ourselves, a story in our heads that we tell ourselves over and over again, the encouragement we find in this piece of learning to try and liberate ourselves from the clutches of the ego and to be able to do things just because they're right and to be part of the Torah and mitzvot just for their own sake and not for any self-interest at all.